You can hear me? You can hear you. Go ahead, keep introducing. Okay. <laughs> so last time I wasn't, so tonight I'm really the fun of Kadoshes. Um, I don't know what else is, but one Kadoshes always, or at least I show around that one Kadoshes gets some kind of keyboard. So it's a comment to be able to introduce my Plotnik, who um, the connection that we had as family goes back actually quite a while. I think the Rob learned in Philadelphia, I believe. Is that right, correct? Yes. So that's already going back way back. Um, and it's something that we appreciate because if Philadelphia didn't have public, then uh, subscribe. But uh, Rabbi Plotnik also is the father of Mike Plotnik, who lives here in Chesterfield, which is someone that we are glad to have a piece of the Plotnik family here. And is a Rebbe at Ketzer Yoido. Yes, it was Yeshiva Samar. I apologize for advertising and such as beautiful Ketzer Yoido. It should be a schuss for uh, Yoni Kohn. And um, I guess without further ado, my planet is all yours. Ashikoya, thank you. You can hear me all right? Yes. Good evening, everyone. I very much appreciate being invited back virtually to speak with this Chosh of Etzibor again. I'd just like to introduce my words tonight with a very, very fascinating rush. In Meseches Bava Basra, in the first parak, the Rosh talks about what the Gemara says, that Tamide Chachamim had special zuchuyos, they had special rights when it came to paying for city taxes that provided for city services. And the Gemara tells us, as we may be familiar with, the Tamide Chachamim got a pass on paying for those city taxes, and everyone else had to pay their taxes for them. That was one of the perks of being a Talmud Chacham. And the Shainim, what constitutes Talmud Chacham as far as this right that you have not to have to pay those city taxes and have everybody else do it for you? And the Gemara, of course, tells us that the reason why Talmud Chachamim were pater, they came to the taxes that were involved in protecting the city, like a wall and a door and whatnot, was because their Zuchus was Megan, their Zuchus protected the city, so therefore they didn't have to pay. So the rush brings in the name of the Rimagash that the kind of Talmud Chacham that was free from paying taxes was someone that we call Tarasa Yum Nasai. Someone who learned Torah all day, all night. That's all he did. And that's the kind of Talmud Chacham that was part of for paying taxes. And part of that schar of being the Megan, of being the protectorate of the city was that we had to pay the taxes for him. But then the rush disagrees with the Rimagash. And he says, I think that even a Talmud Chacham that has an umnis, he has a work, or ktsas masumat, and he does some kind of a business in order to produce kedei chayov, in order to produce what he needs to make a living. But like this, Asher, he doesn't just work to get richer and richer and richer. He works to support his family. And every moment that he has a chance to learn, he goes to learn. The Rosh says such a person is also called and that person also has that perk. He has that that he doesn't have to pay taxes and everyone else has to pay the taxes for him because he too protects the city. 
That means that when you have someone who's even what we would call a working balabayas, but he tries to save every moment and savor every moment that he can to learn Tyra, he is a Haganah, he is a protection to his entire community, so much so that they have to recognize that and pick up the slack of his obligation in paying taxes. And I consider it a great privilege to speak to this Chaburah in St. Louis because it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm sure you all have other things to do, even if not getting the cholent ready for Shabbos, but you have other things to do. And this is what you would call your Ethan Pinuyim. You have some extra moments and you dedicated it for a little bit of Taira, for a little bit of Chuzuk. You are the Haganah. Every single person in that base measures that I'm looking at on screen is a Haganah, is a protection. Whether you're a Tairasa, Yomnasa or not, the Rosh says anyone that takes all their extra minutes to be able to chaperain some learning is also called Tairasa Yomnasai, and it's a big privilege to speak with you. I want to talk about something in this week's Parsha and just shed perhaps a little bit of light on something which is well known. And that is the Torah tells us in Parsha's Bahar, Rashi tells us that this love this Isra of Loisainu is talking about Ainoaz Dvarim. Ainoaz Dvarim in English we would probably best translate as verbal abuse. Person is not allowed to cause somebody anguish through the things that he says. The Sefer Achinuch, right here in Parshas Bahar, says very, very succinctly and very briefly that the root of this mitzvah is Yaduahu Kiulase Shalom Ben Abriyas. We want to have peace amongst everyone. The God Allah Shalom, Shalom is great. Shabai Habracha Mitsuya Ba'ilam, that's what brings Bracha to the world. The Kashaham Machlaikis. And Machlaikis is terrible. It's very hurtful and it's very harmful. Kamaklois, the Kamatakolois Tuluyais Ba. How many curses and how many awful things come about through Machlaikis and lack of Shalom? There's a Gemara in Bava Mitsiyah which shows us how far Oinoa goes. And probably many of us are familiar with this Gemara, but when you have an agenda, sometimes you notice something in the Gemara that you may have learned 10 times or 20 times, and something catches your attention because that's what's on your mind. There's a very well-known Gemara about the Machlaikis between Yeshua and Rabbi Lazar, about Tan Roshel Achnoi. They had a Machlaikis and the Halachas of Tuma Vitaira. And the Gemara says that Rabbi Lazar refused to give in, even though the Rav, the majority of the Tamid Chacham, held that he was wrong, but he refused to give in because he held he was right. And the Gemara famously tells us that there were even Simonim, there were signs, Menashemayim, that he asked to show that he was right. The water changed course, and the walls of the base Medrash started to tilt. And this is where the Gemara famously tells us that Abbasco came out, Menashemayim, and even said that Rabbi Loz was right, and Yeshua wasn't impressed. He said, It's not to Shemaim to decide halacha. Once we got the Torah, it's for us to decide, not for even Hashem to decide. That's the well-known Gemara. So the Gemara tells us that the Tamir Chacham had to make a statement. You can't ignore the rule of Achri Ram Lahatos. You have to go with the Rav. And they could not, Rabbi Loz, they couldn't let him stand his ground and ignore the Rav. So they had no choice but to put him in Cherim. So the Gemara says that the Chachamim discussed who's going to tell him that he's in Cherim, who wants that job. So Rabbi Akiva said, I'll volunteer. 
because maybe someone who's improper, and we'll see why in a moment what Rabbi Kiva meant, is going to tell him the news. If the wrong person tells him he's going to destroy the entire world. So the Gemara says, what did Rabbi Akiva do? He put on black clothing like an oval because someone in Cherim has the halacha like an oval. And he wrapped himself in black and he sat four amas away from Rabbi Lazar. And Rabbi Lazar said to Rabbi Akiva, what's going on? And Rabbi Akiva said, I think I think your friends are ignoring you. Get it? And Rabbi Lazar got it. He realized that they had put him in Cherim and he tore Kriya like someone in Cherim has to do, took off on the ground and he started to cry. And the Gemara says that the whole world suffered as a result of Rabbi Lazar crying. A third of the world had its olive crop endangered or destroyed. Another third its wheat crop and another third its barley crop. And another opinion says if a woman was holding a piece of dough in her hand, the dough shrank when her Belazar found out that he was put in Cherim. Magmar tells us a story that Rabbi Gamliel, who was the Nasi, was in a boat. And when this happened, a terrible storm hit the sea and the boat almost capsized. And finally, the Gemara tells us how Rebeleza's wife wanted to make sure that Rebeleza didn't say Tachanun, the powerful tefillah of Tachanun. The Beis Yosef says she got him to talk between Shman Esri and Tachanun, so Tachanun would lose its potency. And one day she miscalculated. She thought it was Rishchidosh, and it wasn't Rishchidosh. And he said Tachanun, and as soon as he put his head down, his brother-in-law, Rebeleza the Nasi, passed away because of the agony that Rebeleza felt from being put in Cherim it caused havoc in the Bria. It made crops die, and it even made his own brother-in-law die. As a result, he didn't even daven. He didn't ask for any of this. It was an automatic reaction from the Tsar of Rabbi Lazar. And the Gemara says that his wife knew as soon as she saw him do Tachnon on the day that she thought she didn't have to stop him, she knew right away that her brother, Rabbi Gamliel Venasi, was going to die. So he said, how do you know this? And she said, I have a Kabbalah, I have a tradition. All the gates are locked, except for the gates of Ainah. When someone feels oppressed, like Rebeleza did, there's an incredible power in the Bria that gets unleashed. And I knew that was going to happen. I knew my brother, Rebbe Galil Venosi, was going to die as a result of Rebeleza's agony. Now, you got to realize, they had to put Rebeleza in heaven. They had no choice. But it came with a cost. There's a cause and effect of anyone that caused someone agony in the Bria, in the world. What's the shot in that? You know, we all understand, those of us that are old enough to remember when they found out that aerosol cans ruin the ozone layer in the world. You can imagine some guy is spraying an ant in his kitchen that's crawling on the floor and someone in Thailand is getting a sunburn because I destroyed the ozone. And I'm arts would be very skeptical of such a thing. Come on. What does a can of raid have to do with some shagits in Asia? But people said it's true. They tell us today global warming is true. Some cow sneezes in Chicago and Neville, someone's going to have a heart attack in St. Louis. We believe that. People believe it. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't have a day in this. I'm not a scientist. But people believe that. There's cause and effect. And just like there's cause and effect in the physical world, the Gemara is telling us there's cause and effect in the spiritual world. Oino is spiritual global warming, and it's destructive. 
and it destroys in the Bria. That's what the Gemara is telling us. And she had a Kabbalah. Every gate is locked except for the gates of Minol. Oinah can do things that nothing else can because it's an unleashed nuclear power in the world that can create such havoc and such destruction. You know why it's like that? I believe because the Pasuk tells us, Oilam Chesed Yibonet. You ever think about what that Pasuk means? The world is built on Chesed. Chesed is the bricks, it's the building blocks that hold the world up. The anti Chesed is I know. When we do Dvarim Shel Chesed, it strengthens the metal of the world, it's the building blocks of the world. And Chasvisholim, when we do the opposite and we engage in I know and hurting someone, then chas v'shalom, that's that same oilam, has the reverse effect. Instead of yibaneh, it's yecharev. And that's what happens when chas v'shalom, we call someone know. So know is an unbelievably powerful force in the Bria that we have to be so careful to avoid. Somebody came to Rebel Yashav with a shayla. There was a high school in Eretz Yisrael. And there was one girl in the class who was not quite all put together. And the girls used to make fun of her incessantly to the point that she had a nervous breakdown. She went out of her mind, she had to be institutionalized. Now that the girl was out of the picture, so one of the tzidkaniyas came to the manal and they asked, how are we gonna ask her mechila now? She's really not in Gansin, she doesn't have all her seichel. And the manal said, I don't know, I'll ask Revel Yoshev. And he went to Revel Yoshev with the shayla, Revel Yoshev said, they can't ask her mechila anymore until she's dead. Because then she's only going to be a neshama. And you can ask mechila from her neshama. But as long as she's alive and she has a guf, she doesn't have any seichel, you can't ask her mechila. Because you cause her such tsar, there's no kapara, cause man she's alive. Can you imagine the reaction the girls had to such a thing? You cause someone, I know, you cause someone tsar to the point that Rahman they were right of her until they made her a nefesh for life. There's no kapara for such a thing. And you can only hope that after that person's neshama leaves their guf, you'll have access to them to ask mechila. Power of Aina. Let me just conclude with a davar taif. Blaze Shach, who I was able to learn by in Panavish Yeshiva many years ago. Shach spoke during the Yom Kippur War in Eretz Yisrael in 1973. And he said that the world is filled with a midah of achzarius. Can you imagine what he would have said today? The whole world is full of axaris, viciousness, meanness, terrorism. This is terrorism from then. And Rashad said, what's the solution? And he said, the only solution is to engage in Midas HaChesed. The only thing that we have as a weapon to counteract the axaris and the meanness in the world is to engage in Midas HaChesed. And what more? We are misasek in Midas HaChesed we can actually change the course of the world. We can reverse that spiritual global warming. We can reverse that spiritual danger in Hashchasa of Aina if we're mischased and we're marbe and midas achesed. I don't know what the Rish Hashiva would have said today, but if the world was full of is then, how many thousands of times more so it is today? And if we want to make a difference in the world, instead of just putting our hands up in defeat, and saying there's nothing to do, Rosh Hashiva was saying there is something to do. Every little act of chesed that we can do to counteract the forces of hashchotha, of Aino, of, 
abuse and of vicious axarius in the world, we hold the key to at least make it a little better if we all resolve somehow to be more mischased, to be more conscious of what someone else needs and someone else wants to make their life a little bit better instead of making it chas v'shalem more miserable. The aim is to give us all the wherewithal, the awareness, the kaychis, and the creativity to share this with everybody that we know that in a world that's gone mad on Achzarius and Aina, not just by the Goyim and the Velt, but by the Eden that we have in our own neighborhood, if we are mischaseid and mischazik in that, we can change the course of history and build a world once again full of chesed. Thank you for listening. I'm going to all of you. Yeah. Yeah.